Welcome back, friends. Today we sat down with the Chilean winemaker Maria Rojas. She is the winemaker for Mission Durango. We love these wines. They are at an incredible price point, so we had to have her on. I hope that you enjoy the conversation as much as we enjoyed doing it. Cheers. And we're live. Hey, what's going on? Maria, how are you doing? Good. And you, how are you? I'm uh I'm great, although I'm I'm a little sad that I uh missed you yesterday. Oh yeah, me too. I hear that it was uh quite the quite the event. Uh Perry and, and his dad were both excited to uh taste on those wines and, and I, I can't say enough good things about them, so it's a bummer. It's a pleasure to meet you here now though. <laughs> So uh, you are the winemaker for Misiones del Ringo. And please, you say it better, because I'm sure I just butchered it. It's Misiones del Ringo. Oh, gosh, that sounds so much better. <laughs> um, and kind of cool. But you're doing really well. You're doing really well. <laughs> and and you, I have to say, it's not something easy to say, but, you know, sometimes <laughs> happen. And you're in a great portfolio with Ace Wines with Andy McNamara, Master Som. Very cool. Uh, got some good press in St. Pete Times this week. Yeah, yeah. We we have our wine with him, and he's just amazing. Well, it's definitely a, a great place to be, and it's a um, a, a good portfolio to be in. Um, I gotta say, these wines, when he pitched them to us, uh, it was it was really interesting for me because the quality on every single one we carried several of them in the store. The quality is through the roofs roof, and the price is unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. It's like I'm over delivery. Uh, wine, I don't know. I think we put a lot of effort doing this wine, and you can see the result. And I hope people will enjoy this wine as much as I did doing. Well, for me, what's really uh, interesting is uh, I I love Chilean wines. I I think that the wines there are so unique. They're so beautiful. Uh, for people who don't know, uh, Phylloxera never touched Chile, so you have some of the oldest rootstock in the world. Um, and there's something to be said for that. It's it's a beautiful region, um, but it's not always the easiest sell for a lot of uh, the American consumers, right? So at this price point, it allows me to put it in front of someone without breaking the bank, and they can get, you know, to trust it a little bit. And it's it's a great wine. Yeah, it is. I mean, it's like the varietal wines are really fresh, and you can feel the fruity. Most of that we we are looking for is to show how this variety that you have in your glass, uh, growing up in Chile and development in Chile, and some of them are really typical from from our country and delicious. I mean, it's really fruity and freshness all the wines. So, how long have you been uh, with Misiones Durango? I have been around two years. Something like that. If I remember with COVID, it's kind of difficult, <laughs> difficult. You know, the time you have a little bit changed, but almost two years with with them. Okay, and they are a uh, uh, quite a big name. I mean, I think that they're a, a, one of the biggest uh, importers in in Chile, right? Yeah, yeah, we are. Also, Misiones de Ringo is a seller, and we started, you know, like a. Oh, sorry, That's we okay. started like a group of. Uh, friends uh, or family you know working together believing in the grapes that we have and you know follow our dream 
because uh, they know that the wine quality will be amazing. So even that everybody was like, no, you know, this is insane. Chile is like a wine country. It's going to be really hard to put your wine in the market and, and everything. They keep going and they believe in the wine and they make an amazing wine. And yeah, the result was we, we are actually number one uh, top seller in Chile. So it's, it's really, you know, you know, in a market where you have a lot of offer and competition, be the number one is like a big, a big, big, big deal. And, and with, with that going on, uh, San Pedro, this is like the big importer in Chile, I mean, exporter in Chile, come with us and push us to, you know, you can, we believe in you also. And they push us to go outside and start export our wine to South America. And we became also really famous in South America uh, Venezuela, Colombia, Brazil, and everything. And now they were like, you know, we believe in this wine. This is just amazing. And now they put us and we are starting here in, in the United States, right, to show how amazing our wines are. Yeah, in our store, we have the Sauvignon Blanc, the Reserve Carmenere, the Reserve Cab. And then yesterday, we tasted something with you that was so delicious, and we purchased that. That should be coming in this week. What was that wine we tasted? Uh, the Black the Label. The Black Label. The black label. Yeah, the Grand yeah, Reserve. It, yeah, Yeah, this is a 100% Cabernet Sauvignon, the Black Label. that came from the Maipo Valley, the well-known valley from Chile, like, all the caps are from there. They give really good body, good structure, really flavor. They're really spices, like the typical spicy uh, pepper that you have in the cup. And, but at the same time, in your mouth is like, the tannins are just delicious, don't stress you out and, and nothing. It's just a perfect and well-balanced wine. We, uh, last time I was in Chile, I did notice that a lot of the winemakers like yourself we're younger, like, um, you know, is is that something that is still going on where more people are, you know, graduating, coming out of school and then going into the business? And 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 number two is how did you get started? So, yeah, it's, it's something that is happening. Uh, a lot of young people go interested in, in, in winemaking and every year we have uh, new interns in the cellar, you know, learning about the business. And we are really happy with that. And also the interns, uh, it's not only in Chilean interns from far and high, and they can um, share the experience and, and also Chilean interns go to other countries to have more experience. And and yeah, more people getting interested in how this amazing wine world working <laughs> is working. And for me, um, it was also like that, you know, as I, I, my family used to have a vineyard, so I, as I was little, was interested in, in this viticultural world, tried to know a little bit. And then when I was in college, I was like, okay, I want to be a winemaker. I think this is, this is my thing. And as a lot of interns doing harvest in Chile, then I fly to the United States, did a harvest over uh, here in Napa. Uh, then again in Chile, then I fly to uh, Germany, learn about wines in Germany, and now I'm back here in Chile doing this wine, uh, you know, mixing all the knowledge that I have during these years and 
uh, try to deliver in the best wine. Then I, I, I really feel happy that you enjoy the glass that you have. I think it's kind of amazing too. You you said you worked in Germany. Uh, that's a complete different style of winemaking, isn't it? I mean, is it different? Yeah, yeah, it is different. But that's helped you to know how how people are, where they taste, where the preference. You know, it's it's kind of learn about the business and wine styles, and you know, that's helped us to know. Okay, maybe I learned that for Germany and. Our next step will be create something new, you know, go in. Um, well, I think that that's uh, like research and maybe make new wines. Well, that's kind of to your point, right? You're getting a really well-rounded uh, perception of wine. You're seeing it from all different angles. I think that uh, what you said earlier is kind of true across the board. You are seeing a lot of younger people get into winemaking and the wine industry as a whole. Uh, I, when I started in the industry, uh, I was by far the youngest person that I knew that was uh, kind of diving into the game. And, uh, you know, now it's there's people much younger than me that are, you know, their their knowledge is, is way better. Uh, it's it's very interesting to see how it's becoming a little bit more of a, uh, a universal, younger kind of generational thing. Um, yeah, and it's it, when I was doing my study, it's not like something big. And now I, I know, I, I mean, I was inviting to my college where I, I did my study. And I, I really like to see new generations get, getting in this, like, you know, be interested in winemaking. Well, I think that's important to uh, push progression, right? I mean, you're seeing it in, in a lot of the older world areas, like, you know, especially in Italy and in the Piedmonte region, when you have some of the old guard who have been stuck in their ways for so long and a lot of the younger guys come in and they're, you know, they're saying, well, maybe there's a better way to do this. Maybe we don't make wines that are meant to age out 20 plus years. And then, you know, you're making something that's a little more approachable now. And, and you're seeing a lot of great progression with that. Yeah, yeah, it is, uh, and uh, we have like you know also get um, get to know the technology and go with that and like you say don't do the same process that people used to make hundred years ago. Right, uh, and and I think that you're doing a really good job with that uh, with these wines. These wines are you know they're very expressive of the terroir. You they are a little bit uh, funkier. There's there's some, you know, definitely expressive of where it comes from, but it is uniquely uh, palatable for the American consumer. I think that there's some fruit on it, especially with that cab. You know, the, the Carmenere, in my opinion, is a great expression of Carmenere. There's those green pepper notes that you look for, but again, it drives with some fruit that's nice for, you know, it's kind of an in-between. It's yeah. not that big fruit funky no. Carmenere that, you know, wine geeks get into, but it's something that can uh, be kind of the in-betweener to get, you know, the American palate into it. Yeah, yeah, totally. And that Carmenere is delicious. I mean, I remember tasting it for the first time and going, gosh, this is a wine we have to have. Um, I think <laughs> I think a lot of people, you know, might pass by uh, Carmenere because they don't know enough about it, but, you know, that's all of our jobs is to, you know, tell them the, the rich history of Carmenere and how it's the last grape of Chile and 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 let and make sure you open bottles because you can't turn people on to something that's different unless you open bottles. So it's really important, I think, as in our whole you know field of um, wine making, wine selling, wine business, 
uh, is to you know let people taste wine because that's how you you show you know your what you have yeah yeah and our carmener is like you know it's not much production in the world carmener is 90 percent chile so it's like typical chilean variety and like you say it's just amazing it's uh friendly and people i mean american uh, people will like it if they try it it's just have to give it a chance well, for so damn long, and, and like you just alluded to, people thought that this was not a, uh, a a grape. They thought it was gone, right? So it is the lost grape. Forever it was thought to be Merlot. Is that right? Yeah, it is. Actually, it's a funny story because um, that was, you know, the phylloxera in, in France and around the world. So a lot of uh, variety got lost. But in Chile, we never got phylloxera. Never. Until today. It's like no that's not exist in our country so but you know at that time like long time ago we didn't know much about variety so we just plant the vineyards and you know we make some carmener with merlot and we didn't know it <laughs> so, uh, the funny thing is like okay we start doing our merlots and it was kind of like oh this is a merlot it's different but you know people like it and and one day one french uh a French guy, a study person, came and said, okay, I will go to Chile because this Merlot is really different and I, I really want to know why. And in 1994, he arrived to Chile and, you know, oh, we, you're welcome, we show the vineyards and they were walking around the vineyards and he just stopped and said like, hey, this is Carmener. <laughs> and we were like, what? what? What is that? No, 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 you're wrong. This is our Merlot. And he's like, no, 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 guys, you have Merlot mixed with Carmener, and you're the only country that has Carmener because it's like, it was lost. <laughs> because of the phylloxera, it everything, destroyed everything, but lucky us, we didn't have it, so it was there. And we are like, oh my God, and, and what is next, you know? And then all the vineyards start to uh, recognize what is Merlot, what is Carmener, Mer make L all this change, you know, uh, Merlot on one side, Carmen on the other side of the vineyards, <laughs> doing properly, and then discover how you do this wine to get the, be the best expression, when is the best time to harvest it, to get all the flavors, all the aromas, and, and everything. And yeah, that's the story. So now we are the biggest exporter of Carmener, and <laughs> It was a funny story how we discovered it was almost accidental. <laughs> That's so ridiculous. I, I, I know the story. I did not know that it was 1994. So you can literally have producers now that if you go back to the 90s that are, are bottled as Merlot, that's that's probably Carmenier. Yeah, sure. <laughs> or, or something that is mixed with Merlot and Carmenier because the vineyards were like mixed. So... so could be that it's maybe not a hundred percent Merlot. I'm sorry if you have that bottle. Have to say that's amazing. So let me ask you: uh, you're you're uh, working with this grape in in such a way that you would be working with Merlot. How did that change afterwards? Because you kind of already know how to, to harvest this grape. You know what you're doing with it. But when you find out that it's Carmenere, do you treat it as something completely different to get a better expression? Or do you still harvest it and work with it the same way that you were? 
I mean, absolutely was different. Absolutely. <laughs> For example, you can a lot you harvests in I don't know could be end of March something like that. You know, two weeks and four. But the Carmener you harvested in the end of April. Totally, it's like a big difference. The, the harvest time is really different <laughs> because if you harvested the the carbonate, uh, early, you would have some green notes and less flavor. I mean, less uh, fruitiness. And yeah, it depends on, on the taste. But we were looking for the fruitiness, so we harvested later. And when we working in the cellar, also the the treatment when you fermentate and you do pump overs and it's, it's different the time on the frequency so yeah we, we do some um some adjustment to the variety and we learn how to do it That's... but yeah it's like a big difference i have to say it's not the same working with merlot than, than with a carboner that's so wild because in my head right you've been working with this grape forever and harvesting it as such you've you've been treating it as merlot and then just to to let it go i mean that's a six weeks difference right from when you thought I you know. were <laughs> but you know thinking back thinking back in 1994 if you have like a blended um blended vineyard you're like okay this grape is already and the next one is not that much but it could be work so and then you have two other plants that is done ready and then the next one maybe it's not that much but anyways it works so at the end you you decide okay i will harvest all, all together you know most all, almost everything will work very well because we're thinking as a, a summer law and yeah we just harvested and then when we realize they have this carboner uh, a lot of us think oh now everything makes sense why i have some plants that it take more time to <laughs> to be ripped <laughs> yeah you might want to like harvest the blocks differently and once you've kind of learned a little bit but I, I i also noticed too you guys are really big in sustainable farming too right yeah 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 we we really care about about the climate change and everything so we are really careful with the water all our plants have drippers and all the vineyards that we got we separate in plots and every plot irrigates in different time different frequency to be the most sustainable and responsible and efficient with the water. We don't use pests at all. Actually, our, 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 our wines um, are vegan friendly and and we use this uh, pest management, really natural, just the nature that uh, make, you know, the, 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 the thing that control pests, that's what I mean, the, the control pests is like natural. Yeah, because you don't need a whole lot in Chile, right? Yeah. Well, that's why uh, Phylloxera never hit there, because of the climate and the... I, I mean, I would imagine you don't need really anything in terms of pest management. Very, very little. Yeah, really little. As not much. Our biggest problem could be some botrytis. That is actually not a problem if you want to do a late harvest. Right. Um, yeah, but the, also we have like natural barriers. If you think in the north of Chile, you have the desert, like driest everything. Yeah. In south of Chile, you have ice uh, frozen. In the east, you have all that is 
the Andes mountain range, and in the in the west you have uh, the ocean, the Pacific Ocean. So we're almost like in an island, island, and you know it's really hard that a pet came or something happened to us because we we are like insulated. With climate change in the future, it, do you think that could have an effect? I mean, I, we talked yesterday a little bit about, like, you know, what would be uh, something that would, you know, affect you in a vineyard? And I think we talked about water a little bit. Yeah, mostly right now it is a problem, the water. You know, we, if for a few years, uh, it's not raining like it used to be, so... We don't have much water, and that's the reason why we use the water really efficiently in our, in our vineyards, and not only in the vineyards, also in the cellar. So, yeah, and then you know, hot, the climate is getting warm, and some years like 2020, uh, we have to harvest it a little bit early or grapes, like 15, 10 days early, mm -hmm. just because you know the temperature goes up. Yeah. But yeah, that's consequences the uh, climate change. Well, you grow uh you grow Sauvignon Blanc, Syrah, Cab, Carmenier. Uh I also noticed too when I was looking on uh, a website too that you guys also make sparkling wine. Yeah, we do spark I mean, in Chile we have a little bit of everything, the variety that you have and also the sparkling wine. Um but we don't export that already. Um you know, uh, what we thought first were, you know, make make establishment in Chile, be the number one in Chile, and then go to other countries. So once the people know about Misiones de Rengo and try they want, and if they request more, we are going to thinking about export this this sparkling wine also. Well, excellent. We're gonna we're gonna our mission is gonna be to uh, really really get your wines in people's hands and let them know that uh you know these are really great wines and super super affordable over deliver underpriced and um again we I, I think we talked to you about like coming down there uh in 2023 uh as a group and so hopefully we can meet up with you and and taste through uh yeah, sure. some other wines i know uh you know uh the holidays are coming so if you want to send us a bottle or two of that sparkling wine we'd be i will have yeah don't worry you will have our sparkling sure uh, let me ask you uh I, i'm very curious about it uh what 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 are the grapes that you're putting in that sparkling wine uh we use chardonnay mostly really wow all right what yeah what's the style that you're producing it in uh we have like a dry sparkling wine and uh something sweet but that too style, we don't have much uh, sparkling wine just just because we started in like two years, oh, three okay. years ago. Yeah. But I mean, but, uh, like, what method are you using? Are you Charmat or what's the? Ah, yeah, we use the 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 Champenoir. Uh, Champenoir, Champenoir. Yeah. No, sorry, a Charmat method. You are using Charmat. Okay, that's... Charmat, <laughs> yeah, Charmat. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. All right, perfect. Well, great. I, I definitely look forward to trying it. It uh, it sounds great. When he showed me earlier, uh, the first thing out of my mouth was, how do we get it? So 
I, I love what you guys are doing, and uh, I, I know you're busy. You're on the road. Uh, I, I really want to thank you for taking some time and coming on and uh, letting me meet you over the phone. Yeah, I mean, uh, thank you for the invitation. I'm really happy, you know, to show the wines, and people will know about Misiones de Rengo. Something I have to say. I know Misiones de Rengo is not easy to say, but you can go there and ask for the label that have a cross shape, and that is Misiones de Rengo. Really eye-catching. People will easily recognize them if they have some problems with the name. Yeah, <laughs> the big cross. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll tell you, that, that little soft blanc that uh, we have in store has been the easiest way for me to introduce uh, Misiones de Rango. It's, it's the easiest thing. People, right now, we call it the, uh, the wine of, of COVID. People are really seeking out soft blanc over the last year and a half, two years. Uh, we have a hard time keeping it on the shelf. And for uh, for kind of like that opposite side of things, it's not necessarily uh, New Zealand in style. Yeah, it's something that's a little bit uh, different. People love it. it. The name it gets the name out there. It gets them interested, and in, and in, you know we're able to move on to the uh, Cabernet Sauvignon, and for more of the uh, uh, people that are looking for or something new, that Carmenere kills. Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, so uh, again, thank you for the invitation. I'm really happy. I will waiting for you in 2023 in Chile. <laughs> really, I will waiting for you. And as soon as I come back to Chile, I will send you the sparkling wine. All right. Thank you, Maria. Hey, thank you, guys. All right. Have a great day. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.